right. Always great having uh, having uh, our next guest on. You know him well, Nick Lalota, uh, presides over the first congressional, uh, and he's uh, nice enough on a busy morning to give us a couple of minutes on this on this uh, holiday weekend. Congressman, how are you? Double espresso in hand, I would imagine. Good morning, Jay. It's a chilly Friday morning, but it's a Friday morning with three days from Christmas. God bless them on Long Island. Double espresso in hand, fired up, ready to talk to you and your audience. Jay. Oh, baby. Let's get going. Um, so, you know, I'll tell you, Congressman, I was talking about this border. Uh, the numbers are off the charts. President calls the Mexican president yesterday. I mean, my goodness. Uh, like that's going to ease the situation. We got people who are seeking asylum and coming back, getting word to come back in eight years. I kid you not. Twenty thirty one, folks. Some people are being asked, you know what? Come back in twenty. Well, what are those folks going to do for eight years? I have no idea. Um, we're getting reports that people are being handed notes to go to certain destinations. Uh, when asked about it, they said they don't even know where they, they, they're going to. Let's Philadelphia. I heard one city, Philadelphia. We're going to Philadelphia. Uh, to do what? I have no idea. But this is what it has become at this point in time. It's it's uh, it's beyond dire. Um, I, I don't even I've run out of words, Congressman, on this. This border crisis, this migrant crisis, has much less to do with the Mexican president than it has to do with the American president, Jay. This is a policy of crisis, a crisis of policy. Him repealing the Remain in Mexico provisions of Title 42 that Trump had is a primary cause for this crisis. It wasn't too long ago that both Republicans and Democrats agreed on having a strong border. You can go back to Bill Clinton and the State of the Union address was saying the very same things that I would say at a show like this, that President Trump said, that others said. We just want a secure border. That's not a mean thing. That's not an anti-immigrant thing. We're a nation of immigrants. My great-grandparents came here from Europe. I'm I'm sure yours did at some point in time, Jay. The thing is, you have to have a secure border. That should not be a partisan issue. And the dysfunction that has come from the modern Democrat Party's open border. They know what they're doing. This is not negligent. This is beyond reckless. It's intentional what Secretary Mayorkas is doing, what President Biden is doing. They're allowing the asylum process to be abused. They know that nearly 80 percent of all asylum seekers do not have the qualifications to actually achieve asylum, yet they admit them into the country under a process called parole. They get into the country. They have their hearings two years later. Like I said, 80 percent will ultimately be denied of their claim, and many don't show up to their hearings two years later. And they disappear into the shadows of our country, and the numbers are accumulating. And when those folks come across, some of them are bringing drugs and weapons and doing illegal uh, human trafficking. And these are things that are seeping into our society that regular people, regardless of their party affiliation, want stopped. But this Biden administration, Secretary Marcus, won't do it. And we have to find a stop to it soon. We've had them into the Homeland Security Committee numerous times, Jay. And they're just they have no shame. They're not embarrassed. We, We will present numerous facts, scenarios, policy choices, and they will not reverse course. And President Biden is wrong to try to shift blame onto the Mexican president. Tomorrow, he could reinstate Remain in Mexico. And tomorrow, he can say, listen, if you present yourself at a, a, at a port of entry on our southern border and you claim asylum, great. Come back in two years for your hearing, and we'll hear your hearing. But you will remain in Mexico while your trial date is pending. That's a policy choice that he could make tomorrow to help end this crisis. And here in New York, 
in New York. New York City could repeal sanctuary city policies, which act as a magnet, bringing people across the border because they would just want to give the, the, the migrants free stuff, free hotel rooms, free meals, free everything. They don't want to enforce federal immigration law on migrants. They, they should repeal those sanctuary city laws here in New York, and this crisis would go down by 90 percent probably within a couple of weeks, Jay. It's something that needs to be done right away, but it's, it's a crisis of choice. It's a crisis of policy choice. Biden's guilty of it. The New York City government is guilty of it. The New York State government is guilty of it. They should change those policies right away, Jay. And to, uh, to have the unmitigated goal uh, to issue uh, somebody – uh, a situation of return of eight years is is beyond stupid. Uh, and uh, it's no wonder Eric Adams' approval numbers as well are in the toilet bowl uh, for how he's handled various situations, including the most uh, the, the, the most ridiculous, I, I don't even know what to label it anymore, the comment he made uh, as far as uh, what New York has to offer. Is just, I'm sure you heard. I'm not even going to repeat it. Uh, it was that stupid. Uh, but you know what? We have a lot of stupid people in leadership positions, Congressman. That is part of the problem here. Uh, until we actually change that mindset uh, where people uh, will vote in individuals who actually care uh, about their daily lives and safety and everyday way of life, uh, until we actually have that way of thinking, we're never going to change, you know? It's so true, Jay. You know, government exists for a few reasons, and the top of the list is our common safety. On a federal level, that means having a strong and lethal military that hopefully can deter conflict with, with foreign nations to protect Americans. That means border security to ensure that America's borders are secure, mostly because we don't want to have another 9-11. And locally, that means having strong first responding forces, fire departments, police departments, other things to keep people safe. And it seems that in today, 2023, about to turn the page to 2024, it seems like the two major parties have much different approaches to government's basic function of keeping people safe. I, I'm proud to be with the party that makes that an important issue, that, has, that backs the blue, that fully funds our military, that understands we need a secure border, that understands that weak policies like sanctuary policies will only lead to more crime. And I'm not sure how we got here, but it seems like the other party, the modern Democrat Party, does not have that same respect for rule of law and public safety. And it's been a factor in elections here locally for a couple of years now. I wish that wasn't the case. I wish that both parties agreed on having both a strong military, a strong border, and backing our cops and ensure that our, our, our laws are enforced. But we live where we live right now, and that disparity has created a lack of safety and a lot of anxiety here in Long Island and elsewhere throughout the country, Greg. No question. Nick Lauda with us. Uh, the uh, first congressional congressman, of course. Um, you know, we're getting reports regarding the United Nations and uh, and all that's happening with Israel, uh, with Hamas and humanitarian efforts and possible, you know, putting a resolution forward to to halt uh, what's going on out there. Um, and I, I, a part of me understands the humanitarian. Uh, situation with hospitals and everything else and innocent people. Listen, there's a war going on here. And we know how terrorist organizations such as Hamas intertwine themselves with innocent people. Unfortunately, that is the case. But there's also a part of me, Congressman, that says that 
uh, the IDF has to finish this job at all costs because uh, for Hamas not to be eradicated is a dangerous thing, not only in that section of the planet, uh, but in other areas as well, because we know that this type of ideology permeates uh, throughout the globe here. So there's been a lot of back and forth, Netanyahu continuing uh, his surge, uh, but all in all, there's plenty of discussion going on here. Let's start with a couple of basic things here, Jay. Number one, unlike what many in the Middle East say, uh, I will assert that Israel has the right to exist, Israel has the right to defend herself, and Israel has the right to eradicate the terrorists who caused the death of over 1,400 people on October 7th. And when you, when you start with that premise, when you understand that Israel is a nation fighting for its own survival every day, that it's surrounded by enemies who want to, in their words, wipe Israel off of the map, when you start with that basic understanding, and then you fuse in what the United States' role is, because the same people who want to wipe Israel off of the map, their legislature chants death to America. And they would want to see death and destruction to us as well. So when you start with that premise and you understand the common bond that exists between two nations who have common enemies, who were born upon with religious freedom in mind, both our country and Israel, you understand the bond that our two nations have. And I visited Israel once. I'm going back again in a month or two. I'm routinely dialoguing with members of their government to ensure that when American aid is sent over there, that they are careful about innocent civilians. And by the way, they don't need me to tell them that. They know that. They understand the lessons that we learned in Iraq and Afghanistan, that when we, the United States, was pursuing the bad guys, the terrorists in both of those countries, that we knew to not create more than we were taking off of the battlefield, that we, the United States, learned in Iraq and Afghanistan that if you happen to capture or kill a certain number of terrorists, a certain number of bad guys, that you didn't want to have that collateral damage of innocent folks, because that, that would just grow more terrorists. Israel gets that, and they're being as precise as humanly possible when they're pursuing the, their October 7th attackers. They know that. They're doing the right thing. They're protecting their nation because they are under siege every day by fundamentalists who simply want to wipe them off of the map. There's this chant from the river to the sea, which calls for the eradication of Jews throughout Israel. It is crazy, Jay, what they have to go through every day. Israel deserves America's support. Israel should be given the opportunity to fully eradicate the Hamas terrorists. The Hamas terrorists should surrender themselves and stop this insanity. They should stop hiding in schools and in churches and other places of worship. Hamas is to blame for this. You can't blame the victim, and the victim in this is Israel, Jay. No, I agree with everything you said. They have to be eradicated at all costs. I'm sorry. There's no let-up. The uh, over 100 attacks on our air bases out there with with Iran back and everything. You got Hezbollah. You got the Houthis out of Yemen. I mean, listen, it, it's a tall order, but the job has to be done. And, and uh, quite frankly, the interference that is going on right now between Joe Biden, the United Nations, uh, with which isn't worth a plug nickel, uh, in, in my estimation, uh, you know what? Israel has to do the job out there. They have to live this two-state solution. Uh, you want to talk about that down the road, but it cannot involve Hamas. Hamas has to be uh, eradicated uh, without question. Talk with Nick Lota 
uh, Congressman of the First. I'm going to jump around a little bit here. I think it's the speaker. You know, first of all, give me your take as far as the selection, Congressman, of Maisie Pillup uh, coming into play uh, in that third congressional. You got a special election on mid-February, February the 13th there. Uh, have you had a chance to meet her? Yeah, I'm fired up uh, about Mozzie Phillips' selection here. You know, these special elections require energy. You know, this is going to be on February 13th when many people aren't looking, when many people aren't expected to go to the polls. It'll be a cold winter yeah. Tuesday here on Long Island. And most folks will not inherently be engaged in, in a specific special election there. And that requires energy, right? That requires somebody who stands for something, somebody who can stand on a platform, promote a few different policies to get people excited, interested in the election. That person is Mozzie Pillip, a former IDF paratrooper, somebody who was born outside this country, somebody who's a mother of seven. You know, this individual, both by her background and her accomplishments in the Nassau County Legislature, having been part of bringing more cops onto the force than in, I think, any other time period that the, the county has experienced, her, her background and her record in the legislature is something exactly that we need in Congress. And by the way, now here on Long Island, you got Andrew Garbarito, Anthony Diaz-Bazito, and me, Nick Lodi. You got three uh, Italian-American Catholics on uh, Long Island. We, we could use a little bit of diversity with an Ethiopian-born uh, Jewish woman. <laughs> we welcome her. We're excited about her. I'm raising money for her. I'm out there trying to promote her. We need to keep this seat red. We need to have a common-sense conservative, a reasonable Republican like Mozzie Pillip, who understands that border needs to be secured, who understands that the government can't continue to spend more money than it takes in, who understands that we have to protect our individual freedoms that we have as Americans, who will eagerly hold the administration accountable when it screws up. This is a person, Mozzie Pillip, who will do those things for us. She's got a lot of wind in her sails right now, Jay. I expect her to prevail. Yeah. On February 13th, that Nassau Republican Committee is a strong committee who can knock on a lot of doors, who can make a lot of phone calls, who can inform voters of her record, of her background. And I expect good things out of Mazi Pilipchek. I think a lot of people do. He's going to give, uh, certainly going to give Swazi, Tom Swazi, a run for his money uh, without question. Nick Lauder with us, a couple of minutes. You know, I'll tell you something else here. You know, these strategies out of the Democratic Party, you know, trying to get a leg up on future elections. Uh, you know, the controversial bill, uh, Nick Lolota, before the governor now, that would shift county and local contests to even years. Uh, and it's really, you know, I guess the aim, they say, is to improve turnout at the polls by pairing what are now off-year contests with national and statewide races. And in New York, that theoretically means more Democrats uh, voting in those down-ballot races uh, my goodness gracious, I mean, this is what it's come down to now, huh? Okay, the modern Democrat Party is not winning under the current rules, and they're not winning elections under the current rules because their policies on public safety and on the border are terrible. Here in New York, we've seen that right now. We, we've seen the crime be an issue multiple cycles in a row, and we see Democrats losing time and time again at the ballot box here in Long Island. A lot of things that used to be blue are now red. And that has been a referendum against incumbent Democrat policies, specifically with respect to public safety. And I believe the 2023 results in northern Nassau were 
Many former Jewish Democrat voters are now voting Republican because of the Democrat Party's stance in Israel. It's the policies of the modern Democrat Party, both here in New York and nationally, that are causing Democrats to lose more and more elections. Rather than change those policies, Jay, they're trying to change the nature of elections. Nationally, in Colorado, they try to throw Trump off of the ballot, preventing him from even having access to the ballot there, denying millions of voters in Colorado the opportunity possibly to vote for the, a major party nominee here in New York State when we Republicans won six districts that President Biden carried himself in 2020. We won those six districts in 2022. They're trying to redraw our lines to give themselves a political advantage. And more recently, because they're getting crushed, in town and county elections, they're trying to move those elections to even years, manipulating the process to ensure their guaranteed partisan political outcome. This is bad governance, Jay. This is, uh, this is uh, almost anarchy. This is tyrannical rule by a party who wants to dilute the will of a voter rather than change their own policy. If they want to win elections, get better on public safety, get better on national defense, get better on standing with Israel. But instead, their choice is to manipulate the process, change districts, change election years, prevent people from getting on the ballot. It's the wrong way to do it. It's tyrannical. It should stop. I'm hopeful that a court will stop at least one of these measures sometime soon because it's totally out of control, Jay. And speaking of that, are you confident that the Supreme Court will overturn the Colorado ruling earlier in the week uh, to kick Donald Trump off of that ballot? Are you confident in that regard or no? You, you can't have a national election, Jay, where individual states choose to remove a major party nominee from the ballot. It simply ceases because what, what, Texas says, okay, you know what? Maybe we'll remove the Democrat nominee from the, from the ballot as well. And you're going to have this tit-for-tat thing that goes back and forth of super red states and super blue states will start to do this. And it's unfair. Give the people the choice. In a modern democracy, the people should have the power. That's a key point in the Constitution. We, the people, have that power. A court should not take that power from people. A legislature should not take that power from the people. I'm confident that the Colorado issue will be ironed out by the top court because it's just right. Love him or hate him. He should, if he's the nominee, he should be able to earn votes from people. And by the way, the remedy, if you hate him, is vote for the other guy. So let's get out of this world where we change the rules because we wouldn't want the possible outcome. Let's give more power to the people. Let's let the people decide who is, to, who is to represent them at all levels of government. And let's stop playing with the rules, Jeff. I, I kind of agree. I kind of agree. The people's right to vote, that's what it was all set up way back in time uh, when they formed this whole situation of having a democracy i i tell you uh we have really gone south as far as uh you know our moral fiber is concerned uh and that has to be turned around that's what we're all about uh congressman it's so great having you on before christmas can't thank you enough uh we look forward to many a conversation with you if we don't talk before years end how's that thanks jay merry christmas to you and your family and to your listeners always great being on Enjoy the rest of your day. Happy holidays, sir.